Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, July 20th. S&P futures are trading flat to down small, down about just three points. The major European indices opened in the red. They were off about 50 to 60 basis points at one point. They have since rebounded. So Europe is up and now is up about 20 basis points overall. Asia was mixed. Although mainland China traded very well, so the Shanghai comp was up 3%. Um, so the only real kind of major incremental piece of macro news today is the uh, European summit, which was scheduled for Friday and Saturday. It's now extended into today. So negotiations are due to resume at around 10 a.m. The big area of contention was this uh, fiscal stimulus fund. So remember heading into this event, the fiscal stimulus fund had been proposed at 750 billion euros, including... 500 billion of direct grants to countries that were experiencing stress from COVID. That 500 billion looks like it has been cut down to about 390 billion due to opposition from the quote unquote frugal four. So that was the main area of contention that took up most of the weekend. Um, you know, so that's about a cut of 22% in terms of the money allocated for direct grants. It's not clear if that will be made up for with increased loans to keep the total size at $750 billion. We'll have to find out in the next uh, couple of hours or next few days. Um, assuming they agree on that $390 billion, then the, next, the, the talk will then shift to governance of the funds. So how the funds will be dispersed and then who supervises the spending of that money. Um, you know, so sensibly, that's a minor negative. Obviously, you had you know, fiscal stimulus was a little bit less than planned. You had a cut in the direct um, in the direct grants, but markets, you know, are absorbing that news relatively well. Obviously, so Europe opened lower; it's since rebounded higher. I think a lot of that has to do with vaccine optimism. Um, I think vaccines are now far more important than stimulus in terms of driving stocks, driving sentiment. So we are waiting now on this AstraZeneca Oxford data that's due out this morning at some time in the Lancet, which is um, a medical journal. You know, remember media reports last week suggested that this candidate is going to show like the others have um, an immune, immunological response and that it will, it will um, you know, allow the body to generate antibodies against COVID. You know, we've seen that similar, that type of data out now um, from a variety of these different candidates. The question is now, as they move into the next stages of testing and trialing, um, remember, we're going to have some of the big trials kick up by the end of July in terms of determining whether or not those antibodies will actually confer, um, actually, you know, provide immunity to the human body against COVID. And that's going to be the real question. And then as well as testing the duration of that immunity. Um, but like I said, I think markets now are much more focused on just um, optimism around vaccines and treatments. And I think that's why you're seeing the market absorb very well what was a you know relatively large cut in the amount of fiscal stimulus in Europe. So other than all of that, I think most everything else is kind of very much status quo. So you, you know, another weekend of relatively grim numbers on the COVID front out of the U.S., you continue to have mayors and governors from very large states flirt with uh, more draconian mitigation measures. So Houston and LA in particular, 
um, have threatened now in the last you know several days to re-implement some some lockdown steps. It doesn't look like they're going to go back to the March April moves of kind of complete shelter in place, complete shutdowns. You know, I think a lot of uh, you know governors and and mayors have learned a lot from the last several months as far as what types of activities are effective in combating COVID and what aren't. So, you know, I think you're going to try to be more surgical, but you are seeing, certainly you are seeing politicians grow more nervous in certain states and cities. Um, so you probably could see certain mitigation steps roll out over the coming weeks. Um, in terms of economic data, there really was not much out uh, internationally. You know, just going back in the U.S. over the last several days, you know, you, you have anecdotal evidence as far as, um, you know, company remarks and high frequency data just showing that the rebound that we've seen now for the last couple of months, it's stalling, plateauing. Um, it's not reversing completely and it's not going to return back to where it was in March or April, but you certainly have seen now, and this has been a theme for a couple of weeks, the rebound that was very powerful um, is, is certainly stalling. The U.S. fiscal cliff um, is coming up, so McConnell and the Republicans will be releasing their draft version of what they want to see in this fifth fiscal stimulus bill. So remember, the Democrats are on paper with about $3.5 trillion. They passed their version in the House a couple of weeks ago. Republicans will release their version of what they want. It will likely be around a trillion dollars. Remember, that's what the Republicans have said that they would like to keep the price tag at. Um, and you will likely see this initial draft cut the 600 per week in federal unemployment benefits down to about 300. Um, you know, I think over negotiations over the coming weeks, you'll probably see that trillion dollars rise. So I think the market assumes the final finished bill will be north of a trillion and a half, um, you know, probably lower than two trillion within that range. You know, remember the last $600 of federal unemployment benefits get sent out on the 25th. So just five days from now, um, you know, most people assume that you will get something passed by early August. Uh, but you probably could see a, a week or two of missed, um, you know, missed all of those federal unemployment benefits. So, you know, certainly on the fiscal cliff, I think regardless of what happens, this fifth bill will be less than the CARES Act and the CARES Act supplemental. So the third and fourth fiscal bill. So thus the fiscal cliff. Um, but again, I think that you still, you know, you have a lot of vaccine optimism in the market right now. Um, you know, most people are not paying attention to the next few months where you're seeing stimulus grow less pronounced at the margin. Um, and you are seeing clearly in the U.S., um, you know, metastasizing COVID figures, um, even though the vaccine under the best case scenario will not get here until early 2021. That is really, I think, driving a lot of, um, you know, the optimism that you're seeing in the tape. And then just politically, you know, again, more polls pointing to huge Trump headwinds. Um, Washington Post had him down 15 points. Fox News had him down eight points. Um, you know, a variety of different articles from across the board, just about nationally and in key swing stakes, how he is um, deeply behind Biden. So that is kind of the broader um, backdrop for today. In terms of earnings, you didn't really have much out. Phillips was in Europe today. That was the big report was was received well. So very strong orders in the quarter. And then they kept their guidance for the full year unchanged. That stock has a bid. In the calendar for Monday, um, that AstraZeneca data is going to be very much in focus. Unclear exactly what time it's going to be hitting in the Lancet, but that will be the key area, um, like I said, of, of, of people's attention. And then you have, other than that, it's just earnings. The only real big one I think that people really care about from a macro perspective is IBM after the close. The other ones are relatively small. And then, you know, obviously this week is going to be um, a critical week of reports. You have a ton of um, a ton of big companies that will be posting numbers. I have a full calendar in the piece this morning. And then I also have a full recap of what you saw 
um, last week from, you know, banks dominated the opening week of earnings season. Um, you know, not much incremental to say. I've, I've recapped it over the last few days, but, you know, obviously huge trading figures that helped earnings absorb, um, you know, massive provision increases. And then again, as, uh, on the calls, as far as whether or not the reserve building process is finished, I think most management teams think it is done for the most part, um, or you'll certainly see significant declines in reserve building going forward, but there's still a ton of uncertainty as to, um, you know, as to how this COVID is going to be progressing, as well as there's a lot of uncertainty around the fate of stimulus. So, you know, to the extent you see a larger fiscal cliff than anticipated, a lot of the forbearance programs are coming to an end, are scheduled to come to an end. So I think that was one of the big, uh, more interesting comments from bank earnings calls is that they haven't even seen an increase in net charge-offs yet. Um, just given that all the fiscal stimulus and forbearance measures have helped keep net charge-offs lower. So if you, you know, they don't expect to see the actual full impact of the COVID downturn until later this year, early 2021. I think that's what makes it very difficult to kind of forecast how things will play out. Um, so those are kind of the major themes and trends for today. Um, you know, my views are still the same. I've, I, I have another paragraph today just talking about um, you know, my my outlook on the market, like I said, I think you clearly have very resilient price action. This market um, is very, very difficult to come for sale. Um, and I think, it's, like I said, a lot of that has to do with medical optimism around vaccines. But, you know, I continue to think that your risk reward is, is very poor, especially on the earnings front. So now, you know, I remember a couple of weeks ago before earnings season started, people were kind of penciling in a low 160s EPS number for 2021. That has since declined from the top-down measure, at least. So now that stands in the high 150s, which means that your you know your multiple is even higher than it had been before. Um, and I know some people are even trying to start focusing on 2022 earnings, but I think that's a stretch at this point. So that is it for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening.